Welcome to Running Is Bullshit, I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running, and officially the 165th best sports podcast in the UK. I'll take that. Fantastic, yeah, brilliant. We've broken into that magic top 170, which is what they all talk about. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Now, last time we did ask for some reviews and some subscriptions and things like that, which podcasty people do, and we got a review. It was only four stars, but, you know, why not? That's Careful fair enough. what you wish for, I think. Yeah, well, they said four star. They said they liked it, but sometimes the audio balance was a bit off, which is fair enough. Fair play, yeah. I mean, you know, it's only us and a microphone. Uh, if we had more microphones, we'd be able to do better than that, which means what you need to do is give us money. Mm-hmm. We've got merch now. We've got official running as BS buffs, which I did not bring for you. I've only just realised. What? Do I, I have, do I have to pay for my own buff? Is no, I was just going to bring you one, but I didn't actually bring it. God, I'm an idiot. I'm so bad. I've just noticed that as we were talking. That's great. I'm sure they're great. I'm sure they're lovely. They are. You'll have to take my word for it. I've seen a lot of people have been getting in touch after one. They have been, yeah. We, I just sent out the first batch the other day. We've got a buff going to Australia, which is pretty exciting. Fantastic. And all over Wales and England, so it's great to see. So we'd love to see some pictures of you in your buff. Not uh, in the buff. In the but... buff with a buff? <laughs> Perhaps. I mean, both. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Send your pictures in the buff, with a buff, on a buff. However you want to interpret that. And if you want one, you can see them on our Facebook page, and on Twitter, just have a look there. There's some wonderful photos of me at Summerdale Pavilion Park Run, debuting the Running Is BS buff. It is only nine quid, and that includes postage and packaging. That's pretty good. Bargain. And that means you can help fund this nonsense, and perhaps eventually we can buy another microphone and improve that four-star review. <laughs> That's what it's all about now. So this week's bullshit, then. Yeah, how have you recovered from your ultra? Pretty good, I think. So I spent a week not running, just for a change. That sounds know. nice. I've, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of running over the last six months. So just for a change, I'll do a week where I don't run at all. Um, it's just a normal week for me, really. Yeah. Uh, and then I started running again this week. So I've been back to the run club that Stuart and I are both in for the wow. first time in six months. So you finished the ultra and then you went back to the run club. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I just... I thought, you know what, I need to go back to Run Club. I've been saying for the last six months, every Monday, I need to go back. You didn't think that would be useful during ultra training? Yeah, a lot of things would have been useful during ultra training, like actually running and all those different things, which I haven't been doing. But afterwards, you go through an experience like that, you think, maybe I should do those things. It's a lesson. Yeah, yeah. Did you know anyone there? You know what? Not really, because (laughs) it was raining, so not many people turned up. I think there was about six of us. I didn't recognise many people at all, no. No, but that, that's fine. And they were like, oh, you knew. I'm like, no. <laughs> haven't, well, I might as well be now because I haven't been for a while. You basically are, yeah. Yeah. So I've done that and I've been actually doing some runs as well. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a new person. The ultra changed that's, me. That's no bullshit at all. That's rubbish. Well, like running is bullshit, so I am doing the bullshit thing. Okay, fair enough. That's a good point. <laughs> I would have seen you at club, but I played football last week uh, with, with said club and... Um, injure myself because I'm apparently not 15 anymore and I can't just run all the time and so I pulled a hamstring and I just haven't run since oh like people talk about running and injuries but football must be worse yeah especially five aside yeah not only are you running a lot but you're doing all those like twisty things yeah it's a lot of sprinting because you just think oh it's just over there I'll just sprint to that bit then I'll sprint to that bit then I'll sprint to that bit oh and now I'm on my knees and I can't breathe yeah yeah that was good I'm glad I didn't go. I saw the post saying, come along to this five-a-side thing. I cannot play football. That would be fun. You should play next time. I can't. You know that bit where you dribble the ball? The football. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do that at all. The bit you can't do is football. I don't understand how you dribble a ball. Like, I don't get it. 
Okay. How do you do it without tripping over the ball? That's what I don't. We keep the ball in front. I know. Whenever I played as a kid, I just used to be in goal because I can't. I can't do it. Honestly. So yeah, football not my forte. Football is bullshit. Uh, what I also tried at uh, the weekend was swimming in uh, a lake, basically, or kind of an open water facility, which is really really nice. It's all kind of nicely set out. It's all uh, lovely fresh water, and it was really good. But I just hated the whole thing. Um, it was a 600 metre lap I thought oh, I'll go and do two maybe three laps that should be fine loads of swimming in the river last year and loved it and it was just really windy and the far end was just really choppy and I just hated it it was cold and I just kind of I kind of walked my way around a lot of it because it was kind of only about five feet deep or something so where was this place? it was in Bristol Triathlon Training Centre oh right which is perfect for training because it's you know really nice lake you can run around it you can cycle there as well uh, and there was like massive fish in it as well, which is kind of weird and interesting. No. And so, yeah, uh, apparently I hate swimming in lakes. Just could not do it. I did one lap and then just sat there for about half an hour. See, in my head, that sounds nice, going and swimming in a lake. Yeah. But you make it sound horrific. So all my only, dreams of wild swimming just dashed out. Only just because it was a bit too cold and a mm. bit too choppy. Other than that, it would have been fine. Do you remember when Davina McCall did that whole thing where she was like going around the Lake District, like running and swimming and there's this this was years ago and she swam in uh, is it Lake Windermere and the conditions were horrific and how she thought she was going to swim across this lake I have no idea but if you google it you'll see some pretty um, I shouldn't say funny because that's mean but Tweena wow. McCall being dragged out of Lake Windermere <laughs> looking like absolutely done in that's what I imagine you look like doing that <laughs> yeah pretty much it was I just uh, yeah uh, so I'm going to try and do some open water swimming again soon it'll probably be fine now, going back to the last episode, we talked about uh, both of our ultras, obviously, because we're kind of a big deal now. Um, I mentioned in my ultra how I didn't pee for like five and a half hours. I thought that was pretty bad. Talking about that to someone I ran with, Nina, afterwards, she didn't pee for the whole thing. Like eight hours, she didn't pee. That's not good. That's, that, that disturbed me a lot. That, yeah, Nina... She needs to drink more. She needs need to, to sort out more. her hydration game. I dread to think the colour of that... Pee oh. when she actually did go. She would have just been peeing sand by the end of that. <laughs> Even more disturbing was a story that I completely forgot amongst all the other nonsense of that day. Um, while she was running along, a bug was on her face. It went into her nose, and it came out of her mouth. I mean, I just, I just couldn't. What I was, a bug went through alive, your face. Alive. I think it came out dead. Yeah, because they are connected, so yeah. it's not too unusual. But it's, but it's gross. It's, it is quite unusual because it's never happened to me. I don't think it's happened to any many other people. I mean, but it's so gross. I've laughed hot chocolate out my nose before, so I, I do know they're connected. But, but a bug, if, if a bug is on your face and near your nose, you get rid of it. You don't let it crawl all the way up your nose. Who does that? I suppose during an ultra, you're just looking for a bit of entertainment. It's just something <laughs> to do, isn't it? It's something different. <laughs> Jesus. So, I, yeah, I, I'm afraid I found that entirely disturbing. And that does lead us on quite nicely onto our theme, mostly about our tweets this week, is about snot. We talked a lot about snot last time. It's an important issue because most of the time my nose does run faster than I do. So snot is a big issue in running. So what we were talking about was, uh, we were talking about buffs and people who wiping and blowing their nose on them. And you were saying you just blow your nose on your T-shirt. Now, something I think I need to clear up. I was horrified by this. Something we need to clear up. Are we talking a wipe or a blow? Because I think those are quite two quite distinct both, things. Both. You'll, you'll go for a full-on honky blow. Not every time, but if I have to, I have to, yeah. Usually, oh, towards, the end of, usually towards the end, I just roll my sleeve up. 
Yeah. Oh, see, I was hoping you'd kind of go, oh, no, just a bit of a wipe. And I'd be like, well, that's okay, because that's kind of normal. Yeah, but like... But just a, a, blow. A, a wipe is false economy, because you're just wiping and really need to get it all out. If you keep wiping, you would have got it, you know what I mean? Like, it's running out your nose. So if you just do the blow, it's all out in one go. But on your T-shirt. Yeah, well, it's, you know, we're all friends here. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to agree on this. This is going to this is gonna come between right, us. Right, there's already bodily fluids on my T-shirt. Sweat, you know? What, now? No, no, no. Well, yeah, like, just everyday life. God. When I'm out running, I'm sweaty, I'm gross anyway, it might be raining. Might as well just add another fluid to the mix. It's not... <sighs> So we had some uh, correspondence on this, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, because our listeners are completely gross as well. Paul Hibbert at PB Hibbert on Twitter. He said, not sure about using a T-shirt as a hanky, but there's more than one reason I run in gloves most of the year. Yeah, most of the year. Most of the year. <laughs> I just imagine him just running along in June, just like pulling a glove off, blowing inside and sticking his hand back in. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. Oh, if you see anyone running around in gloves in June, you know why it is. I see. Now the thing is, gloves. That's got to be a wipe. You can't blow your nose on gloves. Well, you can't blow your nose on anything. Oh, <laughs> not Jesus. with that attitude, you can't. But but imagine the problem is though, if you forget that you're not wearing gloves one day, then you just blow your nose on your hands. I suppose so. That's a yeah, risk. Yeah, if it's like muscle memory and you just, <laughs> or you've got a snotty nose at work and you just sort of lift your t-shirt up <laughs> in a meeting. But that's an interesting point. So I wonder what's the weirdest place people have blown their nose in general. Out on the run. Okay, yeah. So beyond I'll, the t-shirt. Beyond now. the buff and the t-shirt and the gloves. Yeah, because if you've got a really snotty nose and you perhaps think t-shirts Has anyone gross. blown their nose on their shorts? Or someone else's clothes? A relief. Like at nature's hanky. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt Barton, at Matt Barton underscore. What are long sleeves for in winter if not for wiping your snout? Exactly, Matt. Yeah, okay. Exactly. I, I mean, we've all been there, that's fine. The thing is, as well, like, there's a whole system I have because I wear long sleeves in winter, but I get incredibly hot when I'm running, so most of the time I'm going to be rolling them up. So I can just roll them back down, then blow my nose, roll it back up. It's like it never happened. It's like it never happened. Keeps your arms, keeps your arms warm at the beginning of the run, handkerchief at the end of the run. Okay, we've got a few more. Tessa Kipsey has been behind people in races. She'd have given her shirt to wipe their snouts on. So there's some gross people she's been near. Fantastic. My Purple Spatula uses her t-shirt to blow her nose on if she forgets a buff. <laughs> and Nikki72 always takes a nose-blowing buff, but uses a t-shirt if not. Another nose-blowing... This oh. is a separate person with a nose-blowing yes. buff. Yes. Please don't send us your pictures of your running is BS Oh, don't tell them that, because <laughs> now they will. <laughs> your snotty running is oh. BS buffs. <laughs> So the jury seems to be out, although I don't think the jury is out because a lot of people are confirming they've blown yeah, their nose. Yeah, it seems to be a, a much bigger deal than I thought. I'm horrified. We've had a review. Well, have we had a review? We've had. A have review. they said something really interesting in the original well, cover? Well, this is a really interesting review because it's completely out of the blue. Is it? It's just something wow, okay. I never. It's a really nice compliment. Okay, I hit me never with Never would have expected it. Nicholas Boxall on Twitter. He said, excellent podcast from today. I swear it's a combination of The Guardian and Runner's World. Wow. Thank you, Nicholas. What a lovely thing to say. We'll put that on a poster. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we did get some non-snot bullshit as well, which is always nice. Gambrinus9994 complains about running clubs that only have a Facebook page and not a website. 
This is something I hear about with our club sometimes in that yeah. our main presence is on Facebook and a lot of people now are choosing not to have Facebook for various reasons. Yeah, we've got I think five or six people that are members but don't use Facebook but they are on Twitter so I kind of have to keep because I'm the one that does the social media and the website so I have to keep like a separate list of the people who are on Twitter so when things are happening and I want people to know about mm-hmm. stuff I have to tweet them separately or we have to email them or we just stick as much as we can on the website. But I think a lot of places just aren't set up to have Twitter or a website. And so if you're not on Facebook, you just can't really be a member. No, I suppose in the old days it would be a news uh, newsletter through an email, wouldn't it? That would keep people up to date, whereas now it's all about Facebook, I think. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. I think, in a way, you know, a website I don't think is a big deal anymore. I think most people should be able to knock out a pretty basic website and it's fairly mm. easy to do. Mm. But yeah, that is that is very annoying. If you've chosen not to be on Facebook... And a club is purely based on Facebook. Uh, actually, we'll come to that later. A club that's far too based on Facebook. <laughs> so we were a bit worried about Max Carnage this week. Um, it appears he ran in a sewer. Yeah, well, that's what he said at first. Yeah, which, uh, fair enough, Max. I mean, uh, if you're worried about me blowing my nose on a T-shirt, that's a whole different ballpark. But upon further investigation, it seems it was a northern outfall sewer, which is above ground, and the top of which is a pedestrian and cycle path. It's quite nice. It's all right. So it's still a sewer, though. Well, you still... I think it's like a big pipe. It's not open. It's like a big <laughs> pipe, and you run on top of it, I guess. But you just know it's a sewer under there. And I'm assuming you'd smell it. Well, hopefully not. I mean, I've run past water treatment places, and there is a distinct smell. So I'm yeah. assuming a sewer <clears throat> would have a very distinct smell. Yeah, and I've run past the um, the main kind of sewage outlet for Cardiff, which is on the Wales Coast Path, the wonderful, beautiful, scenic Wales Coast Path. Where is that? Uh, it's in Cardiff. So we want to know if anyone's had any worse running places than that, anywhere less scenic than on top of a sewer or by the main sewage outlet for an entire city. I mean, I found on the um, on the ultra we ran past like a uh, what are they called like a plant like an energy plant what are they called like a electric. There was a, place. a coal power station. You ran a past. coal power station. Yeah. That's yeah. And the person I was running with, Bernie, was like, "Oh, it's a bit grim round here, you know." And I thought it was quite cool actually. I thought the the industrial landscape was kind of cool. Uh, the worst places to run, I think, are like residential areas where it's just all the same houses. Yeah, that's pretty dull. Or yeah. industrial estates, there's a few of those yeah. I've had to run through. Yeah, yeah. But perhaps as well, what's the stinkiest place you've had to run? Mm. <laughs> that's a very good answer. Amy, what tea are we drinking today? Can you guess? Because it was a surprise. Oh. No, I, oh, I like can't a, really. Like a whiskey. Like I'm, I'm having getting... a... Hang on. <laughs> That'll sound good in someone's ear. Um, no, I don't really know. It's quite it's quite uh, fragrant. It's mm-hmm. fairly floral, I would mm-hmm. say. Yep, on the right lines. So it's called... English Summer Rose, Ooh. I believe. And it's just a black tea with rose in. See, I'm getting that. Yeah, I'm getting that now. Now you say it. It's very, did you like it? I did. It's, it's quite nice, actually. It's a nice, fragrant one. It's like a Turkish delight in a mug. We haven't had many people tweet us or get in contact about their teas. I, I'm still Not interested. for a while, no. I don't think we've talked about tea for a while. No, you, please get in contact if you know, you're drinking tea while you're listening to this. I'd love to hear that would what be lovely. you're drinking. <coughs> That'd be nice for you to edit later. Bullshit. That was a Bjork style. It, it doesn't. It doesn't work when you sing that quietly. When you're sitting two feet away from the microphone. It was Bjork. Either. You need to put in like some wind chimes and stuff. And you've never heard Bjork before. That's how she does it. Okay, I'm going to put in wind chimes. It's very soft. But you need to be close to mic when you do that. No, it's, it's to get the atmosphere in the ambiance. <laughs> okay, great. 
You, d you don't appreciate my craft. I'm, I'm really like, no one appreciates this. Uh, actually, yeah, and there's someone that does appreciate you. Um, we had an email from our previous guest, Danny Norman. And he sent us a nice email, which is great. Thank you very much. He's just uh, caught up to episode 11, which we talked about running inspiration and what bullshit that is. And he completely agrees, which is always nice. And obviously that's why I'm going to read it. Um, he's saying about the, the park run inspirational stories that they keep plowing out are probably getting a little old now. And they're kind of, they're aimed at the, the newer runners and not the seasoned runners who kind of don't need that anymore, which is mm -hmm. a bit annoying. And he also said a certain park run podcast that doesn't talk about park run uh, overuses the word inspiring a little bit too much as well. Mm -hmm. However, he then finished it on. Thank you so much for this. He said, love the pod, love going for walks, listening. Find Amy's inhalation laugh hilarious, like someone's tickling a bumhole with a feather whilst recording. Find myself smiling while walking along. You know, try not to laugh, aren't you? I, I just, yeah, whatever you're into, Danny. Like, go on. Is that what you sound like when you get your bumhole tickled with a feather? No, it's completely different. Is it? I do make an XL laugh there. All right, okay, great. <laughs> so you're way off the mark. But thanks, sir, Danny. Um, thanks for thinking feel, of... feel really comfortable about laughing in general now. Yeah, I don't really want to make you laugh anymore. No, I don't want to laugh anymore. Like, I'm trying not to. <laughs> it's only misery from now on. But thanks. Cheers. Cheers for that. <sighs> anyway, I, th I think we were doing news, weren't we? Something you whispered, so, like, ages ago. Can we please just appreciate the homage to Bjork there? It was lovely, yeah. Oh, we've got some extra news here. We've got uh, a cat near us. Uh, Ralphie, he's having a nice little purr, can we? Hopefully we have a nice little purr on the podcast there. And everyone, Ralphie's lovely. He's just uh, chilling out with us. He's just a chill cat. He's a super chill cat. Sorry, yeah, news. Right, anyway, great. This is something I've seen this week. Uh, the largest affiliated running club in England is now the Lonely Goat Running Club. And it's a virtual club. Mm. It has no clubhouse or training sessions. And it's for people that want to run alone. Now, co-founder Chris Marsden, he said, if you want to be a lonely goat, you have to bind to the values. Support, inspire, achieve. Other than that, it's a totally fluid concept and you can commit to it as much or as little as you like. Runners can join us for a sense of belonging, to get support, give support or be inspired. Now, it could be that or they could be joining for the cheapest possible way to get race discounts and insurance because joining is only 16 quid and you become an affiliated member of England Athletics. Do you think it possibly could be that? Maybe. It's for people who don't want to join a running club, basically. So yeah. why would you join a running club? I guess there's the support aspect, but there's loads of really cool Facebook groups and so yeah. on that you can join for that. So I don't really get that bit. If you want to support, inspire and achieve, wouldn't that be better with people you can see and talk yeah. to? I mean, the point of a running club is to go and train together, isn't it? And well, to yeah. actually do some training. They, yeah. they don't do training. No. No, or even yeah. like if you're part of a social running club where there's less emphasis on training and more on just like going for a 5k run and chatting, whatever, yeah. that's got a very heavy social aspect to yeah. it. That's the way it revolves around. But when you're selling affiliation and merch, mm, is that really a club? And it's, like it's the largest club in England. I'm really surprised that it's affiliated. Like, how did they get affiliated? I, I actually had a quick check on the website. You can register as a virtual club on England Athletics. Which seems a bit to me, again, perhaps a way to get money. The only way I could see that working 
is if this virtual club had a training plan that they offered members yeah. and they published it and said, right, so you could go and you'd have a club in like an online club, um, but then you'd also have a, a training plan provided for you as well, where they say, right, on a Monday you go out and do this, and on a Wednesday we'll be going out and doing this, and you come online afterwards. This is, I don't know why I'm so, so telling people this idea. No. I need to go on Dragon's Den. Yeah. But you come online afterwards and you chat about how the training went. That's how I could imagine a virtual club yeah, running, that running on sense. your own. And that's what you'd get for your membership fee is access to this online community and a training plan. But this is not that this is not no. that excellent idea that I've just given it's out. It's just like here's some values, um, join up with us and you get some race discounts. Which yeah. I think is possibly what it's more about. I see how that can be affiliated. Anyway. I think it's potentially that thing of, well, I guess they think, well, more people are running so it's a good thing. We get more people in our database and we get a bit more money in. But the thing is to there, be cynical. There are so many online groups that do the same thing. That yeah. They're not affiliated. They're just online groups for various sort of niches within the running community. You can just go and chat about training and stuff. And yeah, I think on the next one we're going to talk about virtual races a bit more because there's uh, a few people have mentioned them and kind of the bullshit that they entail and some of the other shit races and kind of pointless races as well. I think that'll be next episode. Yeah, so do get in contact if you've got an opinion on virtual races or maybe if you've done a virtual race or you're a member of a virtual running club. What do you think? Yes. Let us know. So one of my favourite articles to come out within, I think it was, I think it's over a month ago now. This is perhaps old news and everyone's read it already. Nah. It goes by the title, Trail Runners Are Lazy Parasites. That's a good start. That's a great title. Anything with that is going to be a bit of clickbait. Um, I suppose to some extent it was, but no, this guy was pretty pissed off with trail runners. And he genuinely believes they're lazy parasites, I think. So in a sense, it wasn't really clickbait because that was his opinion. Um, This has caused uproar, uh, particularly in the ultra running community where... um, Because it's quite a big deal in America. I think more so than it is here. Trail running and ultra running there is a much bigger thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and I, So, um, this article was published by Mark Peruzzi um, in Outside Online, uh, which is, of course, Outside Magazine, their online counterpart. Um, so, Mark begins, No, that headline isn't just for clicks. Trail runners really are lazy parasites. Deadbeats, even. Calm down, Mark. I mean, the headline is for clicks. Fuck off, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want people to click, regardless of the fact you do believe travelers are lazy parasites. Uh, and we have linked, or we will link, this story on all our socials, on Facebook, on Twitter, because it is well worth a read. Yeah. Um, but Mark's basically having a bit of a whine for a few thousand words, because, in his opinion, trail runners don't volunteer enough to maintain the trails they run on. Um, whereas he says other outdoorsy types of people do. And this was funny because then the response from trail runners was all these pictures of themselves doing trail work. Yeah. You know, it's called trail work, isn't it? Um, I'm not sure whether it's called the same here, but in America it's called trail work where you go and maintain the trails. Um, so it is worth going over to Outside Online and looking at on their Twitter when they post this article, just the, the feed underneath people oh, yeah. replying. Um, but he also said that trail runners piss too much and kill native plants. Yeah. And at first I thought, because his main thing is he took, he's, he's comparing um, trail runners to mountain bikers. Because Mostly, there's this yeah. whole thing about how mountain bikers, originally it was thought that mountain bikers were damaging the trails with their bikes. And then it was found out, they did some scientific study, that the bike tread doesn't actually cause as, um, any more damage than walking on it, all these different things. Um, but mountain bikers had a bad reputation. So they really got into, as a community, they really got into maintaining the trails. Um, and he said that Trail runners just aren't doing that. Trail runners aren't maintaining the trails or, you know, helping to maintain the trails. 
but also that they're pissing on the plants and killing them. Yeah. Which I think, and in my head I'm thinking, is it because, does he think it's because they're spending more time on the trails? But I thought surely hikers are spending the most time on the trails. Yeah, you think so? And pissing everywhere. Yeah, the other bit that got me, he said mountain bikers, they're all... They're more in it for being sociable and uh, having a beer afterwards. And like, see, so you're criticising runners for not drinking enough and not being as social as you think they should be. That's not why people, not why a lot of people do trail running. No, no. But also, there are clubs that just focus on trail running as well. Yeah. Like, which I'm sure, in the same way as there are mountain biking clubs, and there are also people who go out on their mountain bikes alone. Yeah. It's well worth a read, though. It's. <laughs> It's quite funny. Yeah, he does attempt to end on a bit of a positive and talks about organisations that do good work. But his very last sentence is, call me snitty, but there are 45 million of those lazy parasites. (laughs) 45 million? And he's blaming every single one of them. Where's he got 45 million? I think that's the amount of trail runners, I guess, in America. And every single one of them are ruining everything. (laughs) I wonder if there's is there the same opinion of trail runners here? I think there's a whole different attitude to Well, also, I think here... I don't think volunteers maintain trails. I think no. trails are generally maintained by local authorities. Yeah, they are. It's something that yeah. we pay for and people take care of. Or they're just not run as hard as, like, say, I don't know, some of the big trails in America are obviously run a lot. They're big kind of destinations for people to go. I don't mm-hmm. think we've got the same thing here. No. And if there are, they are recognised past. And there's usually a charity or a foundation that do that work. Yeah. So perhaps it would be nice for people to volunteer for them more. Perhaps that's something to think about. Yeah, I guess so. But... Anyway, blazing Yeah, I've never heard the criticism here. Bizarre. <laughs> so in further being a clickbaity cunt kind of news, runners may have seen the article by Tanya Gold in The Telegraph. Now, I think about six different people sent this to us because they knew we would love to have a look at it. And now she appears to despise people who are overweight. Um, Nike basically have started using some mannequins to model their larger sportswear. Now, Tanya, she calls them immense, gargantuan, vast, heaving with fat. <laughs> Which I kind of want to point out, mannequins aren't heaving with fat because they're mannequins. But anyway, now she tries to reiterate over and over that obesity is bad and it's a difficult issue and there's no easy solutions, blah, blah, blah. But she says that Nike is promoting obesity and this type of advertising is dangerous. She says it's as cruel as telling women that the child ballet dancer and the porn body are ideal. Tanya. I was trying to get into her head a little bit because I always kind of see these things. I always kind of think, okay, what point are they trying to make here? And I think in her mind, she is, you know, obviously in her mind, she's right. But she's trying to say that Nike shouldn't be promoting an unhealthy lifestyle and letting people know that it's okay to be uh, overweight. That's, I think that's what she's trying to say. And I kind of understand that but the way she's done it is such a dick way to do it it's really patronizing as well like in the grand scheme of things it's okay to be overweight you're it's not you're not a bad person you know although and weight doesn't equal health no 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 so it's a bizarre argument to Mm. make and also okay if you're so against obesity and you think it's so bad then you would want people who are overweight to exercise more, which means they need some proper clothing. So advertising that clothing is an appropriate thing to do because it will help them in the long run. I, I, so uh, Again, I think it's just her being a clickbaity kind in the Telegraph. So These yeah. sort of people as well, they'll go on and on about mannequins and all that, but they're not interested in attacking fast food companies that are targeting children from a low age yeah. to eat unhealthy shit and you know getting healthier foods in children's school children's diets and all those sorts of things that we can do to promote all-round health 
She's more bothered about some mannequins in Nike. Yeah. But the thing is, I imagine the next day she moved on to and write another column about something completely different to wind people up. So she possibly doesn't even care that much. She just knew it would get clicks. Yeah. 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 Piss off, Tanya. No one Piss cares. Off, Tanya. No one cares about your opinion. Official running is bullshit. Fuck off of the week. <laughs> this is one of my favourite ones, I think. Yeah. This really made me laugh for two reasons. Um, so, Runner's World published a list of their top 50 podcasts. Whereabouts were we on that list? I don't think we made it. We were probably 51. Yeah, probably. Uh, but what made me laugh is they put themselves at number five. <laughs> now, firstly, there's two different like, ways of looking at this. Firstly, you could say like, you know, cheeky twats putting themselves in their own list. Yeah. If you're going to put yourself in your own list, put yourself at number one. <laughs> you think so? Why Why number five? Because yeah. they obviously looked at the podcast and said, well, it's good, but there's a lot of room for improvement here. Yeah, to be fair, there's a couple that are better, if we're honest. <laughs> no, I think if you're going to do 50 podcasts and you want to put your own in somewhere, just put it in a box and say, and also yeah. there's the Runner's World podcast, <laughs> which you can advertise five. in exactly the same way and probably highlight it more by putting it separately. But putting yourself in at number five. <laughs> and at number five, it's our own podcast. Fifty's a lot of podcasts, though. Yeah. I think it was just running podcasts. I didn't know there was that many. Jesus. I know there is definitely 164 sports podcasts. Better oh, than this, apparently. God. We're in a lot of competition. Fifty, and we didn't make the top 50. I know. I'm disgusted. Jeez. I mean, we talk so positively about <laughs> Runner's World. You'd think they'd love us. But they've probably blocked us, I imagine, by now. Oh, Runner's World. Never change. <laughs> no, please change. <laughs> It is time for our guest, who I completely forgot to kind of uh, trail at the beginning of the episode. So it's very exciting. It's the one you've all been waiting for, who have been teasing from the very first episode. It's the one and only Scabby Buttcrack herself. It's Holly Corlett. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um, So straight away, I think people want to know how Scabby is your buttcrack. At the moment, not at all. No. Disappointing. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Oh, that's the reason we got you in. Yeah, uh, sorry. Shall I, shall I go now? <laughs> <laughs> so you've, you've managed to get the nicknames Gabby Buttcrack and SBC from yes. this podcast. Do you regret mentioning it to it to us at the very beginning? No, I'm, I'm quite happy to have a nickname, if I'm honest. Yeah. I've always wanted a nickname, and now I have one. It's great. Well done. But you know when you're, you're little and you think, what am I going to be known as when I grow up? Did Not Scabby Buttcrack ever... <laughs> no. No? Has but... anyone stopped you in the street yet and said, Scabby Buttcrack? No. Well, they don't know it's me. That's the thing. That's yeah. a good thing about the podcast. No. I'm an easy. <laughs> so a question we like to ask all our interviewees as a bit of a starting question. Can you tell us a bit about your history, your running life? So when you started running and why? So I started running in 2012. So I was in uni and I used to... So did to we. Get... We all started running yeah, in 2012. Yeah, I started 2012. Inspire a generation. Oh, hashtag. Well <laughs> Um, yeah, so I used to, I was in uni and I used to go walking a lot every morning, um, but I'm epileptic and I had a seizure one morning, so I thought probably best to stop doing that. So I joined a gym and then one morning I was in the gym and there was a woman next to me, she came in and she ran for an hour on the treadmill solid and I just thought she was amazing. I was like, I want to be her. So the next morning I went, I started running, um, and that's my running story, but I didn't run outside for years. So I think my first race was in 2015. So that's, yeah. Did you run outside before that? No, I You just ran so. inside yeah. for three years? Yeah, pretty much. And you trained for that race running inside? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. I just, for some reason, I didn't think I was good enough to run outside. <laughs> it was like elite runners ran outside in my head. Yeah. Um, and gym yeah. running was just a different thing? Yeah. So yeah. Do you think this woman has any idea that she inspired you? No, I don't think so. I that's think about her quite time. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Let's track her down. I'd recognise her. <laughs> 
You should go back yeah. to the gym and just run there and just see if she's there. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, if I saw her now. That'd be exciting. Oh. So that was uh, seven years ago. So what kind of things have you done since then? Since 2015, your big debut outdoors. <laughs> um, so my first race was a 10k. It was a little local 10k. Um, and then I entered the Cardiff Half, as everyone seems to do. Ran that. And then the next thing I did was an ultra challenge. Of which, course. Of course. Yeah. Which was 100k, 106k around the Isle of Wight um, non-stop. <laughs> yeah. So your third race <laughs> yeah. was the Isle of Wight. Yes. Third time outdoors. <laughs> yep. Yeah, third time outdoors. Um, yeah, non-stop as well. So we didn't sleep. It took us 29 hours and oh. 50 minutes. Um, it was amazing. It was so much fun. Yeah. Sounds horrific. It. <laughs> it was horrific. And we didn't really train. We didn't really know what we were doing. Um, but we made it. We made it round. So you didn't sleep? Because I was falling asleep on my feet 13 hours into my ultra. Yeah. So I can't imagine running that long without feeling delirious. And no. I mean, we, we walked. Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty bad. You um, did. You shouted at them a bit as well. I, I did. I called them drips, yeah. I was walking <laughs> with my two friends. And I called them drips and told them to pull themselves together. I well, they were given you. That was quite well, harsh words. Yeah, <laughs> really harsh words. They weren't eating. I was, I was getting stressed. You can't, you can't do an ultra and not eat. No, no. Okay. So, what the main thing is that we want to talk about is pretty much a year ago this week. Pretty much, I think like last weekend it was uh, a year ago. You did the treadmill challenge which you entirely set yourself, to everyone's surprise, from out of nowhere. But I guess now we know you ran on treadmills for a long time before. You decided to run for 24 hours on a treadmill to raise money for a local homelessness charity. Yes. First of all, why did you choose 24 hours on a treadmill? Um, I wanted it to be something that I would hate doing. Um and then the idea behind it was that people would donate more money if they could see that I was having an awful time. Because I know a lot of people, yeah. when you said that, was like, oh, yeah. oh, is this some kind of thing that they've set up and it's like some kind of recognised thing? And it was just, no. No. It's just something you came up with yourself. Yeah. But I did see Joe Wiley do it a few years ago. Yeah. And I remember watching that and thinking, wow, how has she done that? I want to give it a go when she did that. You were the only person that thought that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So for 24 hours, it was actually a little more than that overall because you did you took some breaks regularly, but you added on all the time you took off onto the end. Yes. So the treadmill would stop every hour anyway. Uh, you yeah. have to reset it. Um, and every two hours I'd go to the toilet and every six hours I would have a shower and change my clothes. That's very yeah. sensible. Yeah. Um, okay. So what did you learn from being on a treadmill for that much time? What did I learn? Yeah. There must have been, um, you know, just things going through your head that you just never expected. No, you know what? I just turned off my brain for 24 hours. I <laughs> didn't think of anything. I think no. it's against the Geneva Convention. <laughs> the treadmill is what they used to use in Victorian prisons. That's oh, yeah, it was, it was it's developed. a punishment. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a way to make people do work who were idle otherwise. Yeah, and there was no, like, TV or anything on this treadmill. Oh. And the wall that I was facing, it said something like, go home, relax, the gym will be here tomorrow. Thank <laughs> <laughs> no, you, wall. Yeah. So will you. Yeah. I think you'd either reach enlightenment or crack. This yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention that. Overall, in the, I think it was about just over 26 hours altogether you were there for, it was 91 miles. Yeah. It's not bad. It's pretty far, isn't it? It's pretty far. Um, on an incline. Because <laughs> it wasn't hard enough. Sorry, what? Hang on. No. So the idea was 
my plan was that I'd start off the treadmill on a bit of an incline because it's better for your knees. Right. So I thought it would hurt less. And then when I start to struggle, I can put it down again. But I completely forgot to do that. So I just did the whole thing uphill. Yeah. <laughs> 31 miles yeah. uphill. Did you yeah. get the elevation? Did it give you an elevation? No, I didn't I didn't note that down. What what was the incline, do you know? Was it like one or two percent or something? I think it was it was two and a half, I think. Two and a yeah. half. Right, so maths people out there. Ninety one miles, two and a half percent, what was the elevation? Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. What was the best bit of it then? Was there any good bits? Oh god. I mean the support was amazing. Yeah. Um everyone who came. I wasn't alone at all. Um, the whole way through there were always people next to me like Liz who's been on this podcast came at like three in the morning oh, Liz had to get Liz. a mention she always oh, does yeah because she's amazing she, she is, is super, she picked yeah. me up for the um, for the ultra at like quarter past six yeah. in the morning she wasn't even running it she just picked me up and said I'll take you yeah. <laughs> and then she came to get you in the evening like 13 and a half hours yeah. later yeah, yeah she's a superstar but I mean yeah being on the treadmill's boring but watching someone on the treadmill for that long she stayed till the end as well wow. so she was there from like three in the morning till well, gone eight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was really miserable at that point as well. I don't think I said anything to her. Because <laughs> we did kind of take over. There was like a mezzanine level in this gym. And it's kind of a weird gym because it's kind of unstaffed, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. we just kind of went in and took over the whole upstairs bit. Yeah. Yeah. We covered it in banners and balloons and uh, loads of things. We kind of moved things around. And there, as I said, there were always people there just hanging around and eating. <laughs> there was food everywhere. Yeah. What kind of things did you eat for that 24 hours? Um... So I ate, I mean, I had pizza, I had carbonara, lots of pasta. So I would run for the first 20 minutes of each hour. And then between 30 and 40 minutes, I would just eat constantly for 10 minutes. Um, and what else did I have? I mean, you guys got me KFC <laughs> we at did. one point. That was good. I tell you, bringing a bucket of KFC <laughs> into... Uh, a gym at about 11 at night yeah. is such good fun because <laughs> everyone else in there hates you and it stinks as well oh god yeah it's <laughs> brilliant really stank out the gym yeah <laughs> but I couldn't I mean my taste went really early on yeah. so everything just tasted of nothing it was really sad so you just yeah. spent the whole time just eating on the treadmill yeah really as... miserable because <laughs> <laughs> I thought you know food will make me happy but no it didn't taste of anything uh, yeah. You said there earlier that from like 3am when Liz was there, you pretty much didn't talk to her. I think at that point, you were just listening to music. Yeah, the same four songs <laughs> until the end. And what were the four songs? Well, I remember, th- I was thinking about this earlier, I remember three of them. So S Club 7, um, Reach, yeah. of course, <laughs> of course. This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. Oh, yes. And I know you'll appreciate this, Amy. Um Denmark's entry to Eurovision, Rasmussen, Higher Ground. Mate, okay, I didn't even run. I didn't even. I haven't even done that sort of challenge, but I listened to that for a whole day once. So it's amazing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tune. But you listened to four songs yeah. for six hours. Well, I was in a bad place. That's not that surprising. <laughs> That's now. why you were in a bad place. Yeah. Now I've heard the selection. That's totally understandable. Yeah. I don't think it's too crazy. No. Me too. <laughs> okay. Do you have any tips other than? eating KFC at 11 at night and listening to four songs for six hours. If anyone else is going to do some kind of weird endurance challenge like this, what did you learn from it that you would suggest to someone else? Um, think about afterwards. I think yeah. that's really important. Um, because, I mean, afterwards, oh my gosh. I didn't think of afterwards at all. And then I couldn't get up the stairs to get in my flat. Um, I just couldn't do anything. Um, 
I mean, I had to be dragged to the toilet. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Like, plonked on the toilet if I needed to go. Um, and just don't overdo the training as well, because mentally you want to be... Oh, that's, that's Amy's well up for that it, then. Yeah. That you've, got it, you've got it down, exactly. Amy. <laughs> don't do any no. training. Yeah. You'll be really fresh. Yeah. <laughs> mentally, you'll be great. Yeah. yeah. How long did your feet take to recover? Oh, gosh. Um... <laughs> so Ralphie's kicking off in the background now. <laughs> this is normally the time my partner comes home from work, so he's like waiting for it. That's what yeah. it is. He's had a poo and he's done his yeah. litter thing, which you probably heard before, and now he's wailing at the door. So yeah. bad sound quality. Yeah, great. Sorry, <laughs> oh, it's, it's gonna be a three star review next time. <laughs> Cat in distress in the background. <laughs> so sorry, yeah, your feet. My feet. Um, well, I'd lost both of my big toenails before the treadmill that's handy it was very handy um, running life is a lot better without toenails toenails yeah. are bullshit they are thank you um, and my feet I don't know they were just very I mean you've seen the photo of my feet oh yes you? yeah it was, it was bad they were just burning they were just on fire really swollen um, do you think we should use the photo for the cover photo for, the, for this episode? I love that photo. I'm not getting involved in this discussion. I mean, you, you don't listen to it anyway. No, I don't on. listen. I look and see it exactly for this reason. <laughs> it's a nasty photo, but I love it. I love it too. Would you do it again? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Straight in there. Bye then. <laughs> Anything, okay, not necessarily that one, but would you do something 24 hours again or something like that? I'd love to do a 100 mile like trail. Yeah. race yeah that would be good outside an overnight one not yeah. sleeping and all that yeah that would be great fun okay yeah it but sounds like you'd have that adventure. in the bag after the Isle of Wight and your 24 hour treadmill it sounds walk in the mm. park or a painful run across the trail for 100 miles <laughs> yeah but you did raise over 1700 quid for the charity which was fantastic which I think was half of like our club raised about three and a half grand altogether over like 18 months for this charity. And so you raised half that on your own, which is amazing. I mean, people donated, so yeah. I know, you. but because of you. So that was um, that was really good. And because of this, I know, I think it's because of this, you've become a bit of an inspiration to some, haven't you? Yeah. I get some nice messages. Yeah, you yeah, still do. I still do. It's like nice. people, would, they started like sending you messages to ask you about things. Yeah. And, trying to like obviously they wanted a little bit of help and guidance and you kind of didn't really know how to react no. or just give me like updates on their running stories which is nice and advice um yeah which i, d- I don't know yeah I'm, i can't give advice i'm not qualified to give advice well you have the at least you have the experience i mean we get emails asking for advice <laughs> yeah. and they're very misplaced because we have yeah. no experience and no advice to give like you so are an just... expert by experience yeah. <laughs> yeah but then i always let them down because they find out i don't use strava and there's all these things oh, yeah, that you don't know. You don't use Stra- what do you oh. use no, no she's on strava and she occasionally yeah, uses yeah, yeah, it yeah i thought you were yeah. but she just it drives me nuts so what do you do? Just I just don't record my runs. You don't record your runs? Oh. No, I'm sorry. Why do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not fast. Don't oh. care. How, how do you know how far you're going there? You have something like... Well, I kind of... I like map a route out, maybe, yeah. sometimes. That's, if I want to. That's old yeah. school. Yeah, take like a yeah. stopwatch out. And, <laughs> and it was only a few months ago you'd heard of running socks. Yeah. yeah. What socks were you wearing? <laughs> just socks. <laughs> just normal socks. <laughs> Like, she didn't know running socks were a thing. Yeah, they're designed to, like... If I go out for running my normal socks, sometimes I'm like, oh, cheeky running my normal socks. It's not good. No. <laughs> well, yeah. I, it was only, like, a couple of months ago that I had my first pair of running socks. Yeah. yeah. 
Did, and did it change your life, or do they just feel the same? Um, yeah, well, yeah, they just kind of feel the same, if I'm honest. That's Sorry. more mad to me than blowing your nose on a t-shirt, <laughs> not wearing, wearing your regular socks. Well, there's another thing we can ask people. Uh, what thing about running did you not know until far too late? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. There must be something that you can finally admit to us. This is a safe space. We'll only mock you slightly. Um, tell us what it is you've only just found out. For some people, it'll be that running socks exist. <laughs> yeah, perhaps we've just let people know. Yeah. That's exciting. So, Holly, what is the most bullshit thing about running? Washing. Washing, all the time. Clothes. All Clothes body. washing and myself. Yes. I'm just always washing myself. <laughs> I hate it. I feel that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to, like, t- hair washing. Hair washing. And hair you wash washing. your hair and you're like, oh, my hair's finally nice. And then you have to wash it again. Yeah. All yeah, the time. Definitely. Yeah. That is the most bullshit thing. And your laundry just doubles. Yeah. And I'm always slightly sweaty. Always. Yeah. <laughs> do you find also when you go to do your washing, you get, you get your big pile, you're like, right, running shorts, running socks, yeah. running top, running shorts, running socks, uh, and then maybe a work thing. Yeah. <laughs> if there's space, yeah. I'll put in something else, or maybe a towel. But it's always the running stuff is the priority. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. it's got to be in there first. And the, the thing is, when you want to go for a run... And you think, ah, oh, I can't find any shorts. And you have to dip into the washing pile. Oh, yeah. And you just have to go, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. No one's going to know. Yeah, Do you re-wear shorts and t-shirts if it's been a short run? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I will. A, a 5K that's not too sweaty and gross, I'll re-wear the next day. If I'm running on my own. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's the thing. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd go to club. No, no. Dirty. No. Yeah. I have done that. <laughs> I, I've done that with like clothes I've pulled out of the washing room. Oh. I think no one's that close to me sniffing my legs, so <laughs> it's kind of okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I only found out the other day that men don't wear pants with their shorts. Generally, no. No. But we, a lot of women's shorts do have, like, pants sewn yeah. into them, but I still yeah. wear pants anyway. Double yeah. protection. Ah, double pants. <laughs> double pants. So all these things, you're still learning. I know, I'm still After learning. After all this experience and all these things, you're still learning. I'm a fraud, yeah. And that's inspirational in itself. Oh. Is it? <laughs> so thank you very much. Um, we hope your butt crack stays scab-free. Fingers crossed. Please let us know if that changes, of course. I will, yeah. The people need to know. The people do, yeah. I owe it to them. (laughs) Thank you very much. Our guest this time, SBC Scabby Butt Crack, Holly Cornett. Thank you. Amy, what is next for your bullshit running? Right, okay. I think I mentioned on the last podcast the races I've got lined up, did I? Yeah. Yeah, so just training for those. The the one that's coming the soonest um, is the Panavan 13 miler up and down twice. So we do need to actually do some hill training for that. You really do. Because in Cardiff, it's very flat. I need to actually go and run up some hills, probably on some trail as well. That's what I need to do. And I need to actually run and things like that. Because the ultra did... We're joking about at the beginning, but the ultra did make me realise I need to run more if I'm going to, you know, enjoy these things. It's something I thought before my ultra, because I knew it was going to be really hilly. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that much distance. So I tried to do a lot of elevation instead, because I thought distance you can kind of do a lot of that mentally which yeah. i guess you probably found yeah. you just push yourself along but when it's hilly you need some legs and yeah and the thing is penavan has a time limit so mm. um cut off times and it's quite slow so i think you could walk it but if i'm going to run it i don't want to be at this point where i'm having to stop yeah. for a long period of time because it's so painful and miss a cut off point i don't want to miss that so yeah. the idea is and there is a five miler i don't want to have to drop down to the five miler but i will if i have to if i don't yeah. come to the volume but yeah actually do some hill training actually start running and go to the gym more and all those things i should be doing but you probably won't do yeah so, fair enough anything exciting on the horizon for you Stuart? no fuck all yeah 
I pretty much I've uh, I've only got like one or two races left this year because I'm year? yeah pretty much I'm just June? yeah I know I don't know I'm I'm kind of at a stage now where I'm not that fussed about races now I've kind of got to that point I think a lot of runners get to when you're like well I'm not that fussed about races I'm not that fit at the moment so it's gonna take me a long while to get back there so yeah that's fine I'll just go and enjoy whatever I do yeah so no are you still doing the coastal path um, I'll do bits now and then yeah if I can that's always nice just to try and fill bits in. But not too fast anymore. It's a bit anticlimactic for both of us there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> if anyone else, we want to hear obviously everyone else's running bullshit. Mm-hmm. And so if you're on Twitter, tweet us at Running Is BS. You're on Facebook, search for Running Is Bullshit, or you could email runningisbull at gmail.com. Let us know you're running bullshit. Send us some pictures of you in your buff. Oh, yes. Well, first of all, buy a buff from us. Yeah. Come on. We're you, can't, giving... you can't take a picture unless you've got one first. We've given you 18 episodes for free now. You should give, give yeah. something back. Yeah. 50p an episode. That's damn worth it. Yeah. £9 for a running SBF buff. It's gorgeous. You look lovely. We want to see photos of you in it. We also want to find out if you've just learned something about running that you probably should have learned a long while ago. And also for the next episode, we're talking about virtual races, virtual runs, and just kind of shit races in general. <laughs> Ones that just shouldn't have happened. I mean, we're also open, if you, you're a member of the bloody amazing virtual running club, or you've done a great virtual race, I'd like to hear about it. Yeah, okay, it. yeah, you know, try and convince us. Yeah, yeah, try and sell it to us. <laughs> so that's all for this time. Join us next time for that. Bye! Today. I swear it's a combination of The Guardian and Runner's World. Wow!